And so we've been uh, spending the summer on talking about ordinary people and extraordinary Jesus. And we'll finish up next weekend. But this week, uh, we're going to land on the idea of with extraordinary Jesus, there is always hope. Can I hear an amen? And last weekend, we had at least a couple hundred people who came forward uh, in the idea of saying, okay, I want God to help me change. And many of you are in this service and many of you came forward and you left all motivated and maybe it didn't go so well. It wasn't a good week. That's all right. Pick yourself up and we're going to keep going. And it's easy if we're not careful to find ourselves hopeless without motivation, without that passion to move forward. And today is all about hope. So I ask you the question, you can quickly answer it and the answers kind of come to you, but what are you hoping for? For some of you, it's something really exciting. For some of you, you're hoping for something to be resolved. Maybe there's a hurt or a pain or a longing or a significant heartache or a need and you're just hoping for God to do something. Whatever that is, you've come to the right place. As, as Caleb said, I believe God has you here on purpose and he wants to strengthen that hope. Maybe some of you are hopeless without hope because you don't have a relationship with Christ. If so, I have nothing to offer you except that. And when you have that relationship with Christ, things can begin to be transformed. Either way, at the close of this service, we'll give you an opportunity to respond to that for that need, that hunger in your heart uh, for hope. If you have the CLC app, you can follow along with us. Uh, the first thought, and there are verses in there as well, is that as a Christian, Colossians 1.27 and John 17.20 is meant to create unshakable hope. Say unshakable. That's what our hope is meant to be like. In Colossians, the Apostle Paul is writing to uh, a group of people and in that culture in Colossae, they were very into uh, a philosophy called Gnosticism, which dealt with these mysterious levels of faith and whatnot. And, and so he uses some of that language to present the gospel. And he says, to whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, among the unbelieving world, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That is still a mystery to me today that as a believer, somehow I have Christ within me. So do you, through the power of his Holy Spirit. And, and, and it's Christ within me, the hope. There is a hopefulness because Christ is in me and it's future focused. It's the hope of glory. Jesus launched that thought, if you will, uh, among other places in the Gospel of John at the Last Supper. He was praying a prayer for his disciples. And in this prayer, he indirectly prays for you and I. It says in John 17, 20, I do not ask on behalf of these alone, <clears throat> but for those also who believe in me through their word. That's us. The disciples shared the word of Christ and generations later, here we are. That they may all be one, a unity among us. Even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so the world may believe that you sent me. And two verses later, he talks about that I would be in them. So Christ in us is the hope of glory. Now, just to get our theology straight, to lay some foundation, uh, he is a God of hope. In Romans chapter 15, verse 13, it says, Now may, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that empowers you to be hopeful because there are times when it is hopeless, it is uphill, it is hard, it's painful, and hope doesn't come naturally. The power of the Holy Spirit will help you have that. And joy and peace accompany that. And I'll, I'll dig a little deeper into that. But as far as a definition for hope, 
It's the feeling that what is wanted can be had or the feeling that events will turn out for the best. I kind of lean toward that second aspect of the definition that there's a feeling that things will turn out for the best because there are times that I have hope for what I want to have and I wanted to have the wrong thing. Anybody else with me on that? Okay. It was just kind of stand stuff. All right. But Romans 8.28 is a very hopeful verse. It's one of the verses I kind of try to live my life by. And that is Paul says, we know, says we know. It's not we wonder, we hope, no. We know that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. If I'm sincerely living my life to please God and to seek first his kingdom and I love him, he's going to work things together for good. That is hope. So good news, bad news. Say good news, bad news. That way it always seems to go, all right? Uh, Hope comes the hard way with good accompaniments. I looked that word up, make sure I spelled it right. Uh, it's like a side dish, a kind of accompaniment, right? Uh, I think of side dishes, I think of what you eat and it takes me back last Sunday night. We watched a documentary on fad diets. Not that any of you have ever been on a diet. I'm sure you haven't, all right? You don't need it. So um, in this thing on fad diets, they said that basically the problem with a fad diet and you know, diets of almost any kind is that you eat in a way that doesn't come natural to you, requires a lifestyle change. And, and bottom line, their, sim- their solution is really simple. Eat some protein, eat some veggies, eat some simple carbs, voila. So anyways. Um, <laughs> so they said the problem with the diet though is you go off the diet, right? And then you say, well, what the heck? I blew the diet, so boom, then we go crazy with it, right? Anybody honest enough to admit that? Come on. All right. So they said, that makes about as much sense as you get a flat tire, you pull off the side of the road, and then you slash the other three tires, okay? (laughs) No. You fix the one and get back on the track, right? So that was Sunday night, right? Monday, we went to the great Dark County Fair, our annual trip, right? I found a benefit to getting older. Senior citizens were free on Monday night. Yay. It's depressing to think I'm a senior citizen, but, you know, it is reality. So, And I told Joyce on the way there, just so you know, I'm slashing all the tires tonight. <laughs> I mean, you go to see the animals, and then you have far, a fair food, right? So, man, it was sausage sandwich, chase that down. Have you ever had ribbon fries? That's going to be at the marriage supper of the lamb. <laughs> They're amazing. Um, chase that down with a funnel cake. You know, maybe a corn dog, and I'll stop there. I'm already embarrassed, but I slashed them good, all right? So let's not talk accompaniments food-wise. Let's talk spiritual accompaniments. Uh, but listen, listen to Romans chapter 5 if you don't long for these things in your heart, all right? Therefore, having been justified by faith, just stop right there. Justification, God looks at me just as if I hadn't sinned. Justification. All the junk in my past, all the stuff I'm ashamed of, wish I hadn't, whatever. He looks at me just as if that didn't happen. By faith, all right? So I'm justified by faith. We have peace. Who doesn't want peace? It is that, ah, regardless of the situation, with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also, we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace, grace, the unmerited favor of God that I don't earn, in which we stand and we exalt in the hope of the glory of God. There's that phrase again. Not only this, so let's stop there. Those are all wonderful accompaniments. When I have hope, then I have 
a sense of peace. When I don't have hope, my peace is gone. When I have hope, I can stand in grace. I realize I, I'm receiving God's unmerited, unearned favor. When I have hope, it builds my faith. And faith and hope kind of go together, chicken or the egg, which comes first, which builds which. But it's all there. It kind of just rushes forward. So that's the good news. The bad news-ish is how we get hope. Not only this, but we also exalt in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So let's talk about this progression and how we get to be a hope-filled person. Do you know how you get to be a person full of hope? It is not by everything going your way. In fact, it's pretty much the opposite. If you look back on hardship and pain and difficulty in your life, you have the makings of being a very hope-filled person. Because here the progression is we, we exult in our tribulations. Yay-ish. What's a tribulation? It's a grievous trouble. How many of you have gone through grievous trouble in your past? Maybe you're in it right now. If you haven't, you're just not old enough. It'll happen. It's part of life. Heartache, struggle, disappointment, pain, difficulty, disillusionment. It's all, it's all there. And Paul says we, we exult in, in our tribulations. Why? Because he says tribulations, knowing, knowing tribulation brings about perseverance. I've got one of two choices when it comes to tribulations. I can yield and be crushed and defeated or I can persevere because I have that hope within me, Christ within me. Perseverance is steady persistence in spite of difficulties, obstacles, or discouragement. So when I experience grievous trouble, I'm going to be steady in my persistence in spite of the grievous trouble, the difficulties, the obstacles, uh, and the discouragement. I am going to be steady in my perseverance through that because as I am, I am exulting in my tribulation and then it brings about perseverance, perseverance brings about proven character proven. It's tested. It's tried. And character are the features that form the nature of an individual. Do you know somebody that when you think of words, you just describe their character? When you say, you'd, I'd say they're hopeful. I guarantee you that the hopeful that you look at, that you oh, I want to be like that, came from a lot of pain and heartache and they persevered. I'm not going to be daunted. I am struck down, but I am not defeated. I am going to get back up. I'm going to persevere through that because there is something about persisting and persevering in difficulty. It proves our character. And our character is what? But the fruit of the Spirit, which is the, the character qualities of Christ. I think of Jesus. I think of someone who is a person of love and joy and peace and patience. Just those right there. Those don't come the easy way. You know how patience happens? By being tested by the idiots all around you. <laughs> peace? It is no big celebration. Everything's going great, so I have peace. No, it's the person that all hell is breaking loose and they still have peace. I want some of that. 
And so the, the, the fruit of the Spirit, to those of you who are going through really bad times, understand that you have a, a heavenly Father who wants to work together for good those situations in your life and he might not fix it, heal it, take it away, whatever, but he can use that to shape you to have proven character. And as you develop the character of Christ, there is a hopefulness that you cannot stop being. It's just who you are. I don't know about you, that's what I want. Come hell or high water, I want to know that I am a person who is grounded in hope and I cannot not believe that somehow he'll work this together for good. Hope isn't seen. I do not hope there's a glass of water on the table because there is. I don't hope there's a, I have a cell phone because I do. I don't hope for a truck, I have one. Boom, it's there. Hope is for the things you don't see. Here's how Hebrews 11.1 1 puts it. And hope and faith, they go together. Faith fuels our hope and vice versa. He says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. I've got confidence. As my faith grows, I am confident that what I hope for, that he'll work this together for good, I'm confident he'll do that. And that's a conviction of things not seen, for by it, men of old gained approval. All of our heroes in Scripture, they got there because they chose. Tell your neighbor, faith is a choice. Just tell. You choose it. I choose to have an assurance of what I'm hoping for, a conviction of what I don't see yet. And... Romans makes it very clear that, that hope is unseen. Verse 8, chapter 8, verse 24. For in hope we have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. Who hopes for what he already sees? But if we hope for what we do not see with perseverance, there's that word again, we wait eagerly for it. And it's appropriate to ask for specific things if for God to answer our prayers. And, and at the same time, when I do, I also, I, I leave God the right to be divine, to be supernatural and to know a little more than I do. I've been humbled through the years to realize the Holy Spirit's like, you know, you tell the creator of the universe what to do a lot. Why don't you just bring the problem to him and let him decide what to do? So I can ask for these things. And by the way, Lord, whatever your will is, just, I'm, I'm just confident that you're going to do it. And as you do it, I'll watch you get the good from it. And so let's go to what I would call and, and really what Paul refers to as an eye-opening prayer. An eye-opening prayer for hope. Because, well, let's go to the verse first and we'll talk. Ephesians 1 verse 8. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be opened, may be enlightened, so you will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. I pray that the eyes of your heart are opened. And that's perhaps a starting point for many of you today that feel kind of hopeless. Typically, we don't get hopeless by accident. And it's understandable. 
because whatever it is that has hit, it is heartbreaking, it is dreadful, it's overwhelming, it's disappointing, it's disillusioning, whatever it is. And, and typically it lingers. And over time, we lose that sense of he's going to work it together for good. He's in this. And, and we can be blinded by our circumstance. Depending on the home you grew up in, you can be blinded to being very hopeful because it was a pessimistic, pessimistic environment or there wasn't much to be hopeful about. It can be circumstantial, whatever the case might be. And for many, the, the first prayer is, Lord, open the eyes of my heart. We used to sing a chorus like that. Open the eyes of my heart to see more hopefully. So for some of you right now, it's about a situation it's something in which you just have lost all hope. And, you know, last night we had a record number of people online just typing in the chat for prayer because, man, this is an area that a lot of us struggle with. And as in our culture, one of the, one of the epidemics of our inner, inner being in a culture is anxiety and depression. And, boy, that just dampens hopefulness. So whatever it is, the first prayer is, Lord, open the eyes of my heart to see the hope. And then I, I want to kind of... Uh, draw a perspective that I hope is helpful. So let's talk about hope. And we'll put on a continuum. And we'll put three lines here. Every time I do this, I remind myself of that guy with the afro on PBS that does the art show. What's his name? He's a, he's a big celebrity. Everybody knows who that is. So yeah. Happy little lines, right? It's all... If you go to Bob Evans, they sell Bob Ross Happy Little Mints. I'm like, seriously? But anyways, I don't know, is the guy alive still? He's in heaven drawing happy little trees. So, okay. <laughs> totally ruined your train of thoughts. <laughs> Let's talk about the present. The hope that I have, and again, faith is a choice. Hope is largely a choice. It's really, a, it's really a, a, a knee-jerk response. It's a chosen response. So my present is this. I just read it. Say Christ in me. The Son of God, who was present at creation, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, spoke the universe into existence, emptied himself of his, all of his divine rights and privileges in heaven, came to earth, lived on this planet, showed the power and love of God, died on the cross to pay for your sins and mine, was buried in the tomb, didn't hold him, rose from the grave, ascended to heaven, is preparing a place to coming back. That person dwells in me. I can't explain it to certainty, to be able to pin, you know, percentage, all I know is it's true. That is my present hope. It is my present reality. Understand it or not, explain it or not, Christ in me. Say Christ in me. So Christ in me, the hope of glory, that speaks forward. So when we talk about, let me get a different color here. We have the future. And when we talk about our future, 
Take Christ ahead of me. Think Psalm 23 and John 14. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me in green pastures, leads me, makes me lie down in green pastures, leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't like that path, I'll fear no evil. He is ahead of me. He is leading me. Christ within me points me to the future, the hope of glory. And by the way, that future perspective, Christ is leading me. And Christ being ahead of me, John 14, let not your heart be troubled. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. So where I am, there you may be also. He is ahead of me, ahead of us, preparing heaven for us. He is ahead of me. Whatever's going on tomorrow, he's ahead of you. He'll lead you. Whatever you're going to go through, he will guide you. Even if it is the valley of the shadow of death, he will be with you. There'll be no need for fear because I have Christ within me and look to the future. And so that, if this is my present reality, that is my future truth. So far, so good. Wow, Christ in me. Christ ahead of me. How could I not be hopeful about that? And so we, we go to the past. And when it comes to our past, rather than writing a bunch of words, let's do some symbols. One thing we do about our past is we ask questions. I think it's a helpful question, but don't belabor it or let it discourage or disillusion you. One question we ask is why? And I don't so much ask why, like, why did this, uh, like that, but why, God, are there things I need to learn from this? Some of the bad stuff in the past, I did. I caused. I got me there. So I certainly want to learn from that. Some of the bad stuff other people did, so I, if I can learn from that. So, so it's, it's helpful to look back and, okay, why, God? But also, what, what now? What do you want me to learn from that? What are you doing in that? If I am in the process of, of exalting in tribulation and persevering, then as I'm persevering forward toward who you want me to be, shaping my proven character, then, Lord, what do I learn from the past? It's a great place to learn, but not to stay. Another thing when it comes to our past is exclamation point, celebrating. Man, if you want to you build your faith, just spend some time out loud thanking God for all the good things in your past, or all the good things that came from your past, or even the good things in your character as is being proven out because of your past. Learn to not only ask questions, but celebrate it. But also as I look back, there are parts to my past. That's, a, that's an unhappy face there, in case you can't see it. That for the most part, I grieve it. I wish it were different. I beg God to change it if it's changeable. But some of it is just sad. Some of it, my prayer is, Holy Spirit, you're our comforter. I pray you'd comfort me in that and about that. And when I look back on my past, um, that's where 
Romans 8.28 becomes huge. I talked about, and a couple of caveats to that is that we know that Christ in me, who's the hope of glory, who's ahead of me, causes all things to work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. I add to that eventually, because there's a, I can give you a long list of stuff. Ain't no working together for good happened yet. So I have to be patient in that. And also the other thing is that he'll work it together for good if I let him. I can just be bitter, resentful, angry, disillusioned, whatever about this and stay that way and he will let me stay that way. So I, I have to be more open to that. And one of, the, one of the greatest things that these things in my past do for me in making me hopeful is that when I look back at some of the stuff in my past that I've gone through, or maybe some of the heartache you're in right now, what it does is it loosens my grip on this world. So I am, no, I am not in love with this place. I'm longing for the next one. How disheartening it must be to Jesus when I am so in love with the here and now that the fact that he is going to prepare a place for me means nothing to me or very little. It's kind of like, I've used the analogy in other ways, but when our kids were little, I made a sandbox they had out in the backyard. So if you have a little preschooler and they're playing in the sandbox and let, let's see, let me tweak the illustration for this. And they get in the sandbox and they broke their sandbox toy. All right? Oh, I broke my sandbox toy. All right? And you say, that's okay, because you know what? In 10 minutes, we're going to Kings Island. I want my sandbox toy. Okay, and you grab them, you pick them up, and they're kind of, I want to be in the sandbox. Because they've never been to Kings Island before. Never been. Once they've been there, forget the sandbox toy. I want Kings Island. Unfortunately, we are prone to love this world and cling to it so tightly. So when the heartache happens, I'm devastated to the core. But what 66 years of good and bad have done to me and heartache and disappointment have done to me is like, you know what? <laughs> the older I get, the better that place sounds. And my hope is not you know, the hymn, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. My, my hope is in where I'm going. And so the things of my past that don't resolve, the things of my past that are a question mark or just a heartache, they, they remind me. And you know what? And that's why I have Christ in me, the hope of glory. Not the hope of what's behind me, but the hope of what is yet ahead of me. And so I have this unshakableness about who he is and whose I am. And so my prayer and my hope is that you will abide richly in this moment. Because what we find then, when it comes to past, present, future, basically I, I have hope. Doesn't matter what's behind me, I am a hopeful person because Christ is in me, the hope of glory. If someone hopeful dwells in me, I can't fully explain it, but if God dwells in me in all of his hopefulness, it's going to make me a hopeful person. And so I'm very hopeful about what's ahead. 
Now, that might be a load of pain and heartache and, and pain and heartache and disappointment, whatever, in my life, in my circumstances, whatever, but it still doesn't trump the fact that my ultimate future is incredibly hopeful. How can I not, as a default, under all the disappointment, pain, whatever, how can I not, as my default, but I'm still hopeful? Why? Because someday I'm going to be in the place that he's preparing for me and there's no longer any curse there. And so ultimately, eventually we win. So when it comes to my past, as a Christ follower, without Christ, none of this works. As a Christ follower, I look back, I'm never hopeless. What appears to be the records of your life isn't yet. You can look back on things, some of you, and there is nothing good or positive or hopeful back there. Well, remember that eventually. And, and at the very least, he will use this to shape your proven character. And in your proven character, it equips you to be a hopeful person the next time around, the next season, the next experience. And it's never wasted. And so that's why I say Christians should be the most hopeful people on the planet. I'm not saying there's not pain and heartache and struggle and disappointment. It is real. It is overwhelming. I've been there, done that. And there are times that I, am, I feel out of hope. But then there's a little voice that says, yeah, but... I've got Christ in me. The hope of not stand, the hope of situations, certain, no, the hope of glory. And so when I have that kind of hope, I come to him in prayer with more confidence. If I'm hopeless, ah, well, yeah, by the way, I've got this need. <laughs> but oh, if I'm hopeful, I'm going to bring it to him. Here's my situation. Here's my need. I'm bringing it to you. I'm going to trust you to work it together for good. If it's a healing, if it's provision, if it's a relationship, if it's direction, if it's my own internal state, whatever the case might be, provision, I'm going to bring this to you. I, I need you to work in this. And because when I look back and I see what I've learned, what is good, or the comfort you give me in my heartache, and I have the hope of glory, then in my present Christ in me, I bring to you hopeful people, also our people of prayer. And so I believe God wants to do some important things in, in the lives of many of you today. I know that just from having had two previous services already. I, I know that he's going to move in people's hearts. But before we go there, we're going to close in prayer for, for those of you that you would say, man, I, I need God to strengthen my hope. Or I, need, I have needs in my life and God, I, in my present, I want to bring my needs to you and trust that you can provide, whatever that is. But before we do, I want to kind of build your faith and encourage you to reflect on this song we want to sing. And it talks about this. I look back and I see you're faithful. I look ahead and I know that you're able because Jesus, you are Lord of all. of this world 
I'm thankful that he is faithful and he is able. Amen. Would you bow with me for a moment of prayer? And I'll repeat the question I started with. What are you hoping for? What are you hoping about? And if you're here today and you'd say, yeah, this message has spoken to me and either I need God to open the eyes of my heart to hope or I have specific situations I need him to intervene in and either to bring me hope in that or lead me through that, that I see a resolve to it. But one way or another, I've got circumstances. I need him to work and to meet me and for his hope. Would you raise your hand all across this place? Yeah, scores of hands going up. I'm asking you to stand with me because I want to invite you to experience the blessings of obedience. Jesus said we're to bear each other's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ, to pray for one another. And when we're obedient in that, both being vulnerable and sharing my need and then praying for people, I believe God does things. And faith and hope kind of go together and it takes a certain amount of faith to step out and say, okay, I'm going to ask for prayer. And then as we step out in faith, then we see God work and it builds our hope and it just kind of escalates from there. So I'm going to ask our prayer team if they would come and just stand on this side of the the altar area. Um, Board members, prayer team, section leaders, just come on now and just find a place to stand. And to the scores of you that raise your hand and say, I, I need hope. I, need, I have a situation. Maybe you need a healing in your body or a loved one. Maybe you need help in a relationship. Maybe it's in your career or your job. Maybe it's your finances, direction, wisdom. Maybe it's your internal well-being. Just that anxiety, depression, whatever it is. If your heart is going, yeah, to the message, yes, yes, I want that. I need that. God, help me. Then don't stop there. Take the response. Take the step. And so... I'm just going to ask the team to play. And to those of you who raised your hand, I invite you to step out and have prayer. We're even a few minutes early. And so right now, without any further ado, just step out from where you are. I want to pray for you. Come and find a place to pray with one of these folks. Just tell them your name and tell them what brought you forward. And maybe you came forward last week. You're among the couple hundred that came in last week saying, I need God to help me change. And you come back and say, okay, I'm not very hopeful because I didn't change much. Whatever the case might be, we'll just wait. If you're in the stadium seats, just come to the side aisle and come on down. And if you're debating, then you should come. What will people think? They'll think that you have issues like the rest of us do. You need hope like we all do. You've been struggling. Don't cheat yourself. Now just wait because more and more people are starting to come. I believe that, that there are healings that can happen today. I believe there are breakthroughs. I believe there are answers and provision and things you've been laboring over a long time. And there are a couple over here that we've got some room to pray, but just keep coming in. There is something miraculous that happens when the body of Christ is obedient to bear each other's burdens. So I'm going to lead us in a closing prayer. Continue to come. And then I'm going to join with these here. We're just going to, however long it takes, I'll ask the band just to quietly play. And we'll be here until the last person's done. Because I believe that God brought you here, as we were reminded, on purpose. And he wants you to leave here far more hopeful than you came for many of you. So Lord, thank you that you're a God of hope. Thank you that you see us and you meet us right where we are. You know the burdens and struggles that we have. And Lord, as we follow you, we go through those tribulations and with the perseverance that you enable us in, it shapes our character to be hopeful, like the one who dwells within us. 
So we thank you for what you're doing in the lives of these who come forward. I pray for everyone here in this auditorium today. Lord, continue that work in us and we thank you for being our extraordinary Jesus. We give you all the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Thanks for being here. You're dismissed. We'll see you Wednesday night. God bless.